Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. I am your co-host, Jenny Scott, Senior Content Developer here with ISSA, with my co-host, my favorite co-host, Dan the Man Duran. How are you, Dan? I am good, but I'm... Uh, uh... Remember, our your other co-host is listening in here, and you can't call me your favorite. You're my favorite podcast co-host. Okay, how about your favorite Mexican podcast co-host? Will that work? I mean, I'm here to. I'm here. I. How am I? I'm ready to bust some myths today, Jenny. I'm ready. Absolutely. I love that. You remember that show when it was on TV? Did you ever watch that? Mythbusters. Yes. Yeah, so much fun. Those guys were just characters. And so I'm, I'm kind of feeling it and I'm ready to bust some myths today. Absolutely. So I have a lot of thoughts about the myth that we're talking about. Dan, what is the myth that we're trying to bust or at least communicate a little bit about today? There's no money in a career in personal training. Here, here. Okay, we hear it all the time, right? I'm sure people listening have heard it before. I've actually seen people or had people come up to me and say, hey, my family doesn't support me going into this career because there's no money in it, right? There's no money to be made. Um, first of all, my first response is, are you kidding? Like, eh, excuse me? Like, you can't see my face right now, but I'm like, her? <laughs> um, so yeah, there. this is definitely a myth out there, you guys. Any career out there, there's gonna be money in it. It's a matter of where you go, what you do, and how good you are at it, okay? That's the bottom line for me. Um, And as somebody who's been in this industry for 12 years, and of course, Dan's been around it a whole lot longer than me, you guys, um, but I love fitness. And it's something that if you love it and you're ready to do the work, there's always gonna be an element of hustle and a little bit of work in this field, just like any field. I've worked in higher education. I've worked you know, for myself. I've, I used to babysit when I was 13. I had to go out and hustle. I had my little red notebook walking around the neighborhood asking people if they needed a babysitter. You have to hustle. No career out there are you just gonna show up and everything's gonna be laid out and just handed to you. It doesn't work that way, right? So to me, the first point that I want to make as far as people who say that there's no money in personal training, they're 100,000% is. It's just a matter of how hard are you willing to work for it and what do you want to do with it? You can't just walk out there and be like, oh, I'm a personal trainer and there's no money in my pocket. What are you going to do about it, right? So so remember, there's always going to be an element of work and hustle to it. Would you agree with that, Dan? 100% and I might butcher... What I originally heard, but I like to say that your success is 100% dependent on the effort that you put into it. Absolutely. That's it. It's a reciprocal relationship. Put the work in, you get something out of it. Think people are going to give you stuff and hand you clients and make you rich without having to do anything? Think again. There's no job to come do that. Absolutely. And a lot of that, and like, of course, I'm saying this because we work for a certification company, but I've also worked for other certification companies. And so has Dan. Um, But education comes into a big role in it, right? You can't just get your initial certification and expect to know everything. Every single one of us, no matter how many credentials you have, I have at least 12 now, um, but it doesn't matter because I should always be working to learn. I just showed Dan before we started recording today, a new book that I got because he talks about it all the time called Anatomy Trains. 
Um, and it's talking about myofascial meridians. So interesting to me. I've heard five or six people talk about it. So you know what I did? I bought the book <laughs> and I'm going to read about it and I'm going to learn about it and I'm going to implement what they're talking about. So instead of just, you know, listening to other people and taking snippets here and there of what they say, go take it upon yourself to learn more. And it doesn't necessarily mean getting an entire certification. There's tons of books out there. I give, Dan, I have probably five certification material, like manuals from like CSCS and a couple other awesome credentials out there. I don't know if I'm going to take the test ever, but I sure do have the book. <laughs> I'm with you. They're, yeah, they're and I've read it cover to cover. So that education, and Dan always says this, always be learning, right? That education always. is the, the beginning of it. And, you know, and, and here's another quote that I love from uh, a mentor of mine who some of you may have heard of and uh, and have heard on the podcast, Michelle Dalcourt. And he, yeah. he always says, stay curious. Uh, and I want to give just a quick example. Uh, John and I, before the podcast today, we're talking about the shoulder surgery I had recently. And I was explaining to him how I found myself digging into anatomy uh, and learning something that I didn't know and connecting dots because of pain I was having when I was doing a certain movement and understanding the relationship in this case, like anterior delt, where it attached, why the collarbone was unsupported and what made it more supported. I, I didn't know that. I mean, I, I know enough, but I didn't understand. So stay curious and don't just kind of nod your head and go, huh, that's interesting. Dig in and learn about it. You get, keep learning, keep learning. Absolutely. All right. So now that that's out of the way, I think you guys have a, a good idea of how we feel about this. All right. So when we're talking about ways that you can make money as a fitness professional, right? And it's not just a personal trainer, right? You could be a yoga instructor. You could be a powerlifting instructor, a CrossFit instructor, whatever it is. There's many, many different ways to be a fitness professional. What are some different uh, income streams or ways that you could go about making money as a fitness professional? Not a question to me, Jenny. That is a question. <laughs> you know, I actually sometimes talk about this uh, with, with, in fact, I mentioned that school earlier with a, with a college, and I kind of categorized them into, I don't know, about eight different areas. However, there's a lot of branches to it, uh, but I'm going to kind of rattle through. Number one, personal training, general personal training. So you, you know, you're going to work in a health club or have your own private business, but what we would call personal training, which would include specializing and so forth. Sales, fitness sales. Uh, there's a lot of money to be made in fitness sales, just saying. Um, and, and that's a skill set in and of itself that the more you understand about uh, human movement and exercise science and programming, the better you'll be at it. The fitness. Yeah, it doesn't have to be slimy, right? Sales doesn't have to no, be slimy. No, gosh, no. No, you're saving lives. You know, yeah. if, if, if you don't if you don't sell the, 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 the training, the person's not going to get any help. You're not helping anybody. Uh, management, PT mm -hmm. management, fitness director, fitness manager, VP of fitness, et cetera. You can manage health clubs. You can work your way either into it or, or kind of start off on that path. You can be an entrepreneur. You can invent something. You can invent a trigger point ball. You can uh, create your own education line like ISSA. You know, you can do both. You can have a product and education that goes along with it. You can be a contractor. So you can be self-employed. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that. You can offer workshops. You can teach courses. You can teach in a college setting. Uh, our partner, John Bauer, he was, I believe, a director of education at a college mm -hmm. and was an instructor at a college. You can go down that road. And, um, you know, you can, you can, there's so many variations out of all of those things that I'm sure we'll kind of jump into, but sky's the limit, folks. Um, and, and I'm going to mention one here that goes along with personal training when I say specialization, training athletes, right, Jenny? Tell yeah. us about that. 
hundred percent. Yeah. Training athletes, whether you're coaching a sport, right. And some sports may require you to have a certification or a credential through them. Like I coach USA volleyball, which I coach high school and club and to coach clubs specifically, there's a USA volleyball certification called impact that you have to have. I think it cost me 40 bucks and you do it online, but it's like their education for coaches. And every couple of years you have to renew it, but it's part of coaching. My, my twin brother, I don't know if you guys knew that. I have a twin brother, um, but he, my nephew is almost 15 now and plays soccer. He plays soccer like every day, all day. And my brother has started coaching and he went and got a soccer certification to be a coach as well, because he loved being around it so much. He loves hanging out with his son. Um, so yes, athletes. And then of course, college, you can work with um, people as well. Some schools may require you to have certain credentials or certain education backgrounds, and some may not. The way that you find out, ask questions. My favorite phrase, no asky, no giddy, right? So people are like, well, I don't know if they accept this, or I don't know if I have the right credential. Did you ask someone, or are you just saying that into to the air? Like, I don't understand. Go ask. Go ask them what they require of you, and if it's something that you want to do, go get what they're asking for and make yourself eligible for that role. Um, and Dan, you mentioned a lot of great things that revolve around like clubs and general fitness. Um, I'll just tell you guys about some of the ways that I've actually trained people, not only as a coach, right? Um, I do strength and conditioning with kids. Um, and it's something where it's at the club that I coach at. And because I have the credentials and the background that I do working with athletes, they were like, hey, we need a trainer to come in and train this entire club, right? 14 teams, 12 kids per team, 14 teams of volleyball players. Can you do it? Uh, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> so I've been doing that for a couple of years and it's super fun, really fun to work with these kids for 30 minutes at a time and then send them home to their parents, <laughs> right? Um, you can do group fitness. I used to work for Orange Theory. And of course there's other places out there that do group training. I loved working for Orange Theory. Everybody's like, well, why'd you leave? It was a lot waking up at 3 a.m. to go to a, a you know 5 a.m. class and stuff. It became a lot, <laughs> um, but I absolutely loved working in that group training setting, right? So there's opportunities for that. Um, a friend of ours who has been on a lot of our um, like blogs and our ISSA talks, Ian Simon, he's here in Arizona and he's a good friend of mine. I just saw a post of his on Instagram actually yesterday. He still does his group classes at a gym locally, um, but he got hired by U-Haul, which their corporate offices are here. Oh. They have an amazing fitness facility in their corporate office. Like if you go online, you can see pictures of it or look up Ian. He posted about it. They hired him to come teach three classes a week to the employees as part of a corporate wellness program. That's an opportunity. I almost did that for an aviation company out here at one of the smaller airports in Phoenix. A lot of these companies now, guys, they're investing in their wellness programs. So they're building gyms or giving people money to go join gyms in their area. And they're looking for people to take, take charge and, and help these the employees take control of their lives with fitness. Um, so that's a great opportunity. And it didn't affect anything with his groups, right? Um, Working along, my private client is a physician, a surgeon here in Arizona. He works for Ortho Arizona. It's called one of the biggest orthopedic companies in Arizona. And they now have a performance division because they finally realized that they can work with more than people who are just post-surgery or are seniors, right? There's a lot more to it. You can perform. You can just work on general fitness. And they're actually growing out their performance division. Guess who I have a meeting with next Thursday? The director oh. of performance. <laughs> the director of performance. Um, his name's Clive Brewer. And he is a big time guy in soccer overseas. And they brought him on. They hired him to start growing out their performance division. I'm going to find out what do they need. Um, I have contact with a lot of you guys that listen to this and that are on our Facebook page. I'm going to find out what does he need? Where does he need it? I'm going to see if I can get opportunities out there to the people that follow ISSA and that are certified through ISSA to work with performance. But you're working with clients that are already part of a PT program. 
Um, right? So there's lots of different opportunities out there, you guys, not only from ISSA, but just in general, wherever you want to work, you can do it. Well, and, and if you're, you haven't picked up on the theme yet, don't, you know, personal training, certified personal trainer, what we just spoke to is, is, is not what you typically think of. So there are so many opportunities mm -hmm. and so many directions you can go. Be thinking about what are you passionate about? What are you good at? What did you enjoy when you were younger? Did you like athletics? Did you like working with athletes? Did you like, you know, in my case, I, I really loved working with people who wanted to lose weight um, because of a, a, a family history of it and, and all the, the things that I've seen in that space. So, you know, find out what you're passionate about. Find out what's going to, you know, be something that you can do long term or like John Bauer said something that you'll learn that you don't want to do long term, yeah. but, but get out there and experiment. Don't think that this is a one track career because it is not. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people get scared when they meet a new client, right? This client had, I saw this on Facebook last week. They, uh, somebody had a client for the first time that had gastric surgery. Don't be afraid of working with that person. Learn more about what they are dealing with right? Not only talk to them, but maybe meet up with a physician or do some research on your own. Find out more about their condition. Somebody with lupus, same thing. Somebody post-surgery like Dan, like you, like find out more about it, right? Be more involved in it. And then that might end up being a niche that you really like to work with, right? And now you're the go-to person for someone with that condition or that issue. Um, lots of cool opportunities. Seniors, I just want to throw that one out here. I live in Arizona. There's a lot of seniors here. We call them snowbirds because they only come here during the, the warmer spring months and stuff. Um, but there's whole communities like apartment buildings, complexes, areas of town that that's all there is. But you better believe they have community centers. They have little fitness gyms for them and stuff. My fiance's dad lives in a community that has an amazing gym. They took me on a tour. I was like, can I actually work out real quick? Like awesome place. And they probably be trainers right? What's stopping you? Um, so there are plenty of ways to make money, you guys. We've got another ISSA rapid review for you. Alvin had this to say about our certified personal training course. It's easy to read, and I used the guided study to pace me through what I was going through, and this was a game changer for me. Thanks, Alvin. Dan, let's talk a little bit more about outside of the ways that people can go and work with clients and get clients and make money, um, what is the income potential for this? Um, like a lot of people are like, oh, there's no money if I do it on my own or I have to work for somebody or I don't have to work for somebody. What's the revenue potential? There is a huge, huge window there, um, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're looking at traditional, get in the gym, uh, hustle, you know, find some clients, start building a book of business, probably a, a brand new trainer at a typical health club, you're looking at $30,000, $40,000 a year uh, to start out, to yeah. start out. I'm not going to give you an upper limit because there are folks that retired at the age of 40 and are driving Porsches and those electric cars and traveling the world because they designed uh, a product or create, came up with an education line or did something entrepreneurial because sky's the limit on where yeah. you go. But let's be real here. That's that's where you you can you know kind of think to start in most cases. However, like Jenny said, if you hustle, you can make a lot more than that 30, 40 grand that I talked about. And I'm just throwing this out because I was curious before the call today. So I looked up some of my old timesheets. And and if you hustle, and I did, um, before I was four months on, I was making 52 grand a year at 24 clients. 
And then when I was six months on, I was making 67 grand a year. So, you know, divided by 12. Yeah. With 28 clients. And so can you do that in six months? Yes, you can. And I'm not a very bright guy. And I got I have no skills that you don't have. You just got to hustle. Get up early, show up at the gym when it opens, leave there when it closes and stay busy the entire day. You can make a very good living at it. And that was just in the first six months. Guys, the limit, folks. Absolutely. Yeah. And then some people will say, well, when I work at a gym, they only pay, you know, $14 an hour or whatnot. Well, maybe that's not the right place to work then. Right. Some places just have a set pay rate. If you're working for a facility, that might be what they get, what you get paid. Right. But there's also ways to have a side hustle. And I'm not talking about a side hustle that interrupts what your normal job is. You never want to take clients from your regular, whatever your main job is and take them and do something else. That's a huge no, no. That's like social faux pas in fitness. Um, That's not the point, but there's nothing stopping you from like, say you're working in a gym and you're working with average clients and then you want to go coach a sport, two different things right? Yeah. Completely different yeah. things. Or say you want to go get, you know, certified in massage and do massage on the side in a different job or work for stretch lab or something, right? There's other ways that you can do that. And again, no asking, no getting. When in doubt, if you're like, hey, I want to make this my side hustle over here, ask your main employer, ask your manager, hey, if I wanted to do this on the side, is there an issue with that? Sometimes if they just know that you're doing it, it's less of an issue. Otherwise they feel like you're going behind their back. Does that make sense, you guys? So there's a lot of ways to have multiple streams of income. Like during the day I do this, on Saturdays and Sundays I go do this, and then I'm back to it on Monday, right? There's nothing wrong with having multiple streams of income. In fact, a lot of people would say it's the best. I have five streams of income if you look at all the things that I do <laughs> and they're great. But then if I wanna drop one or one gets slow, I'm not gonna, I, I barely feel it because the other ones are there to pick up the slack, right? Um, and, so and yeah, I'll give, I'd like to give a couple more examples of that, Jenny. Yeah, something really big about multiple streams and and opportunities within the club, or let's say you're working at a club, traditional club. Mm-hmm. Don't forget group training, folks. Oh yeah, small group personal training, not not group exercise. Not, uh, that's that's you know paid a little bit differently. But uh, one of the things that I always tried to push for was two and three people at a time, two and three people at a time, because you're going to earn more money per hour. Mm-hmm. per session. And then small group training where you have a class that runs two, three nights a week or mornings a week where you get four to eight people in there. That pays very well. There's usually some kind of a rev share on that. Uh, another example uh, to Jenny's point with kind of a side hustle is I was teaching weight loss classes, but I, I worked out a deal with the owner of the club where I taught them at the gym. It was open to the public. We were obviously trying to convert the, some of those folks into membership so that they saw how great pretty our club was and what great service it was. So that was the win for the owner. Plus I gave him a piece sure. of pie and used the facility to teach the weight loss classes. So I was doing that at night a few nights a week. So again, hustle, be creative and think of how you can help people more and be able to have multiple streams of income. Yeah. And just to be realistic with you guys, when you have multiple streams of income, um, this is a very, very physical job. Right. Yes. A lot of what we do is programming and talking to clients and seeing there, but you also generally have to be there to deliver the content or be available online or create the videos if you're sending videos. Right. So there is a physical aspect to this. So is it realistic to say that somebody is going to work 60 hours a week doing fitness related things? No, you're going to like not to say you're going to die, but you're going to die. Like you're going to be super tired. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you have to it's play not what you that. say. It's how you say it. You're not right? gonna you're not going to die, but you're going to die. <laughs> like anybody out there who's worked 40 hours, even as a personal trainer, I'm talking 40 session hours oh, in a week. Yeah. That's a lot for me. When I say 30 session hours, that's 
full time to me as a trainer, because then you have to think about all the extra time that you spend programming, cleaning up, setting up, right? Going to and from wherever you're going. Um, that puts you well over 40 hours a week. So again, it's a hustle job, but if you love it, it doesn't feel like work. So for me, I drive probably an hour and a half every day. Um, and I travel at least twice a day, once in the morning and at least once in the afternoon, sometimes twice in the afternoons or evenings, I should say, to and from different things. And I log my miles because, hey, tax write-off, by the way, that's something yeah. we tax write-off when you uh, log your miles. But I log my miles. I drive at least 150 miles a day, at least. Okay, because I have private clients in the morning. I have my college kids that I train in the morning. I come here and do my ISSA work. And then after work, I usually go coach volleyball and or do more conditioning. So that's four or five things that I'm doing right now, but they are all physical. They're time consuming, right? They're super time consuming, but that is also something that I cram into Monday through Friday. I'm, I've made it a point over the years. I do not work on the weekends. Nope, nope, nope. The only thing I do on the weekends is spend about two, maybe three hours programming, right? So I don't have to cry. I always plan ahead for the week ahead. I program on usually Saturdays. Um, but other than that, I don't work on the weekends. I go golf. I go travel. I'm going to Flagstaff this weekend, right? But that's something that I had to find out. I found that out the hard way, trying to do too much, you know, doing volleyball lessons on the weekend and then doing this and you're never home. It's, it's exhausting. So just keep that in mind, guys, just being realistic that yes, when you have multiple streams of income or you're doing this job all the time, it is a lot. It's a very physical job. But again, if you love it, it doesn't feel like work. <laughs> so now, Dan, when we're talking about working for someone or working for yourself, right? Either way, as John Bauer would say, we love John Bauer, our, our other content developer. He says, be a good employee, whether you're working yeah. for somebody else or you're working for yourself, be a good employee, right? That means you got to do work. You got to do the things that you're supposed to do. You got to do them on time and you got to do them well, all right? And then hopefully everything that you're doing will make you money. But what are some advantages of being an employee versus an independent fitness professional? Wow, there's a, I'll, I'll go with the low hanging fruit here. And, and that's going to be clients, okay? We have to have clients to build our business. And as an employee in a health club, they are everywhere. The opportunities are endless. You have literally thousands of people to connect with that are in the same building as you are and an opportunity to build relationships and to uh, you know, express value and be able to, to build a clientele. As an independent, it is all market hustle, social media, you know, public speaking flyers. You've got to grind to find the and referrals, of course, yeah. to find those clients. So I'm going to start with that one and say that if you really want to get in and train a lot of different types of people and, and you know, get your feet wet, so to speak, a gym is a really good place to do it because you're going to be training anything from youth to seniors. Uh, folks that that are you know in relatively good shape to never stepped in a gym and it's all going to be in one place. So there's one pro con for you to to kick it off. Give us another one, Jen. Absolutely. So as far as being an employee versus independent, too, as an independent trainer, you get to set your hours. So if you want to go do other things or you want to travel, right, and you're an online coach, you can technically train people from anywhere, right? If you're on a, a beach somewhere in Bora Bora, I'm pretty sure maybe the hotel that you stay at has a gym or you can do it from your room and train people. Like there's a lot of great perks to working for yourself. If you don't want to wake up and do those 5 a.m. clients, which a lot of us have to do when you work in a facility or you're teaching group classes, 5 a.m. is where it's at, right? Because it's before everybody goes to work. They want to get it in. Um, but if you don't want to do that, 
working for yourself, you can say, nope, I don't do that, right? I start at 10, <laughs> right? Whatever that is, you have a lot more flexibility. Um, you have control of the clients that you get to take. Sometimes when you work for a facility, they give you a client, you have no choice but to work with them, right? And so, I mean, not to say that you won't like people, but like if they have something that you're not familiar with, you got to work with it. You might have to learn a little bit to work with this person. You might have to adjust the way you communicate with this person because maybe they're a little sharp or maybe they don't talk much, right? And there's all kinds of personalities of people out there. If you work for yourself, you could always say that, um, like, I, you know, this isn't a good fit for me, or this is the type of client that I want to work with and stick with that, stick with your niche, right? Um, John Bauer um, had, comes from a club background. And when you work for someone, he would also tell you that you get benefits in a lot of cases. Some cases, not all guys, keep that in mind. Again, no ASCII, no Getty. That is, I need to get a t-shirt that says that. No ASCII. Yeah, you do, you do. <laughs> the candy corn's all around it. Right. Yeah. Because when you walk into a facility, guys, if you're interested in working there, ask these questions. Right. What does it look like for an average trainer in your, your organization? What does the average trainer make here? How many hours are they working? What time do they start? What time do they end? Do they get a lunch break? Well, you know, can I work out on my lunch break? Do I get a free membership? These are all questions that you want to know. But also, do you have benefits? How many hours do I need to work or how many training hours do I need to have in order to be eligible for said benefits and paid time off? Right. Because that's huge. If you're working for yourself, you don't get PTL, y'all. You don't get paid time off. So if you decide to take a break or go on vacation for a week and you can't take clients, you now lost that revenue as an independent trainer. You lost that revenue for the week. Right. Unless you figure out something else where you write them a workout in an app or which is what I do. Right. And I charge 50 percent of my in-person rate. I write you a workout in the app and you're responsible for doing it on your own. But if you don't have that set up, then you just lost that revenue. If you're an employee and you have benefits and including PTO or paid time off, then yeah, you might be able to take a couple, you know, a week or two every year and be able to still get paid your average rate. And that's whenever I, when I was at Orange Theory, for example, if I took time off, whatever my average for the last month, the last four weeks was my average hourly rate, they took that as my, the number that they had paid me for the hours that I took off. Um, so there's all kinds of benefits. Um, as far as PTO and, and things for working for somebody or for yourself. Um, what yeah, else can you think of, Dan? Well, a couple more things to consider is you can charge what you want to. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you know, you can work your, uh, you, can, you have to earn it. You have to be worth it. You have to have sure. the value there. But you can set your price. You can set your rate. And uh, don't undersell yourself either. Um, that's a, the, the, there's actually, I'm reading a really good book about that right now by John Watermill. But, uh, you know, don't, don't, um, undervalue the service you provide. Here's another thing to consider. Uncle Sam, okay, as a contractor, self-employed, beyond that you're going to have to find your own health insurance and things like that, is you've got about a 13 to 17% self-employment tax you have to pay. Uh, we, sure. we felt that, that one this week. My wife's a, a contractor, and that's an extra little bit of money that normally your employer pays. So the good news is you can charge more. The bad news is you're going to need to charge more. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, charging what you're worth is it's interesting, right? Because it's all based on your geographic location and what the value is in your area. So again, no ASCII, no Getty. You're going to have to do some market research to figure out how much you should be making um, or how much you should be charging, I should say. And even when you go into a facility and you're working for someone else, find out what the average rate is in your area. Because if you don't research guys and you think the average rate is something and then you walk in and they say, oh, it's half of what you thought it would be. And you just take that for what it is and you accept that and then you find out your friend who trains over at xyz gym gets paid twice as much as you do whose fault is that 
right? You should know what the going rate is in your area. Otherwise they can offer you whatever they want and you may take it thinking that that's average or that's that's normal and it may not be. Um, plus certain facilities might pay differently. Like I've worked at some big box gyms, right? I'm not gonna say names because it wasn't. I didn't have negative experiences at any of these places, but it's not about that. But I've worked at some big box gyms that are all over the country where I was literally making $14 an hour, $7 per 30 minute session where the people were paying $50, right? So I was making a very small portion of that. And then I moved over to a very, very large gym or it's not even a gym, it's a club a club that just might give you a little hint of who it is. Um, but I moved over to this other club that has everything under the sun in it, including like a bar and a restaurant, like, oh my gosh. But I was making $45 an hour. <laughs> and I was also charging clients because I had so many certifications and specializations. I was, they were paying over hundred dollars an hour to work with me, but I was taking home way more money just by working for this other facility. And when I found that out, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going over here. Right. So there's, um, but when you're making, setting your own prices too, though, guys, um, like Dan said, you have to be worth it. So whatever you're offering to people, they need to feel like they got their money's worth every time they see you. So it becomes, this is where that hustle, that grind comes in. You can't, we don't get days to slack. Like you might have days where you don't feel great and stuff. Be honest, talk to your clients, right? Hey, I'm not feeling so good today. Maybe it's a day that you take off, right? Because when we start training, we are on. We have to be on. And there's almost, for me anyway, there's this level of anxiety, Dan, every time I go train, even with the kids that I work with, they don't know. They have no idea what we're doing or why it's going to help them. Right. But I do. And I go into every session like, okay, I got to get these cones set up. Right. I got to get this. What's how's the flow going to be today? How many kids are here? Let me do a quick head count to make sure that every experience that I'm delivering is worth it. Right. That these kids can go home and tell their parents, oh, I had so much fun today. We did this, this and this. And if a parent comes to me and says, why are we doing this? I can tell you why we're doing this, <laughs> right? And this is what your kid needs to work on, or this is what your kid's really good at, right? There's that, that level of responsibility with what we're offering, but it has to be worth it um, from our end and the client's end. So that's a really great point that you made there. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and kind of, you know, sticking with the theme of the hustle and it's on you, et cetera, uh, to quote another good friend of mine, Peter Twist, uh, leader of one, leader of many. If you can't lead one, you can't lead any. So, Ooh. you know, applying all of these skills and, and all of this hustle and understanding what works well for you uh, can, if you choose, set you up for uh, deciding, you know what, I want to go into a leadership position. Sure. And I'm kind of, kind of, you know, kind of want to close with with the, you know, think sky's the limit, folks. So maybe you, you know, discovered that what's working for you is duplicatable. You'd love to share it. You'd love to see more people help other people get, you know, healthy and fit or lose weight or get off medicine. And if you think you, you could do a good job sharing that, then don't be afraid to promote, work your way up, fitness manager, fitness director, regional fitness director, VP of fitness, because now you basically have scaled yourself and you have the opportunity to lead folks and lead more soldiers, rather than being just one soldier impacting 30 clients, you have the ability to help thousands of clients. So don't forget you know, that, that we've been spending a lot of time talking about us working for ourselves or working as a personal trainer, but uh, there's so much opportunity to work your way into a position where you have bigger influence. Absolutely. And that's a great point that I think we should wrap up with, Dan, because like, I mean, look at where we're at right now. We're in this position where we can affect so many people. I personally work with and, and edit and write a lot of our content. I never, ever thought that I'd be in this position. But a while back, I was asked to write a blog and I realized that I really like to write. 
right? I get it from my mom. My mom loves to write. She's actually written a couple of books, but they're not published. Um, but I love to write. And so now I have the opportunity to affect, like you said, affect more people um, while I'm still training because it's my side hustle, right? But my main role is nothing related to actually training people, right? It's all about that education and the science and the, the evidence that goes into fitness and creating programming. Um, so you're absolutely right. There's tons of opportunities to move out of that actual every day I'm in the gym, do a bicep curl kind of training to other opportunities where, yeah, you might sit behind a desk, but again, you're still in the industry. You might get a little bit deeper into it than you ever thought you would, but you can affect far more lives in that way as well, if that's something that you decide to do. So great point. Great point. Take us home, Jenny. Take us home. I know. So guys, so hopefully we uh, helped at least shed a little light onto this myth that is out there that you cannot have a viable career in fitness, that there's no money in it. No, if you don't want to work hard, sure, there's no money in anything, right? It's just the way it is, guys. Um, and I, and I, I hate to be so blunt because somebody out there doesn't like what I just said, I'm sure, <laughs> but it's the truth. As somebody who's been in this for a long time, as somebody who coaches people into this, as somebody who's super passionate about fitness, I can tell you 100%. If, if you work hard, it'll work hard for you as well. And you can absolutely make the money that you want to make and more and affect lives. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of opportunities out there. But again, no ASCII, no giddy. No ASCII, no giddy. Any last words from you, Dan, on this topic today? Yeah, another variation, but it's uh, echoing what you just said. You know, the success you achieve is in direct proportion to the effort you put into it. So bust your butts, people. Make it happen. Absolutely. Life lessons here, guys. Life lessons. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We love having you guys. Definitely throw any comments you guys have your way. Um, some of the books and things that we mentioned today, we'll go ahead and post the links for them or at least share the titles and the authors so you guys can check some of them out. Because again, lots of different good stuff out there. We will share that with you. Keep learning, as Dan always says. But we implore you guys, make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. Yeah.